Hey guys, this is Susan Green with Susan's Travel Services. Welcome to 2021. We know there's a lot of changes with the CDC and all the rules that are going on. We are here to help. We can't wait to get you on a plane and to the destination of your dreams. Ask us how. This is Susan Green. Howdy, everybody. This is Colter Fleming. And welcome to the Backstage Travel Podcast. Uh, Colter got married on Sunday, which I we will bring this up again because I laugh as when I met Colter, he's like, I'm not going to get married in December. And I'm like, you are such a negative thinker. Well, I knew I would get married, but I, <laughs> I was like, I was like the, the wedding that we had talked about in January and February ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, no way. That's never going to happen. Of course, I said that to all my brides in June and July. (laughs) That didn't happen either. Um, And I cannot believe the stories that you shared this morning about how you guys went through with it. And I love that you guys had your own little dance party for six. What was your song that you danced to? So we we did our fake first dance. We we, we called we called our little after party the dress rehearsal because it was like you know Tori and I, her parents, my mom at that point, and then uh, each of us had a friend, and then our officiant and his girlfriend. So it was like this little you know little reception that we just could have like a dress rehearsal at. But our we did like a fake first dance to this country uh, Texas country song that I liked. But I used some of the. Um, the the verse in my vows um is that part of what you posted mm-hmm. yeah you're so romantic who knew <laughs> who knew well tori knows i know i can't wait to hear all about it. that's so fun so you guys danced to that and then was there any worry about the owners of the vrbo being like hey you can't do this here yeah, I mean, totally. I'm, I'm still, you know, thinking with guns about that. Um, so I'm not going to tell you where it was or the address per se, but um, that is true. Um, That's why I was like, they're not going to have posts on Facebook because they'll get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 rental could accommodate up to 22 people because there was 10 sleeping rooms, and then you can have another 10 guests come and go throughout the daytime areas. Mm. We didn't even come close to that because so many people were still canceling, or yeah. you know, her grandparents didn't come last minute. Of course, you know, That's like I was mentioned, her brother, yeah. um, you know, didn't end up uh, being able to be there. So we were well under that. Even at our max, I think we were 18 or 20. Dude, I should have flown in. Let me explain who Matt is. So um, Matt Rust, I met in 1990 before either of the other two people on our podcast were even conceived or thought. No, no, I was six. You were six. I'm sorry. Yeah. How dare I? I was like, just living the dream in first grade, buddy. I I was was babysitting you. So (laughs) I met, yeah, I met Matt and this is how I met Matt. Um, I got invited to go on a camping trip with a young life leader here. And we had to go pick up this guy who was his roommate and it was at Matt's place. And um, it was a friend of ours named Corey, who of course then I dated. I was probably the only person that I've decided Corey did not want to marry, which was very good for both of us. (laughs) We would have killed each other. I think it worked out. (laughs) It did. And he ended up being in both of our weddings. He was in ours and also in Matt's. Um, And I met Matt and then I became friends with his fiance. Um, And then Dan and I briefly met one day at ASU, but then we connected at their wedding on January 5th, 
1991. And then Lisa has been one of my dearest friends for years. Um, one of the funny things that we do is, I was just telling, Mackenzie was asking about this today. We, <laughs> we watch Lifetime movies together over text. And then there's always like a blonde and there's always a dark haired person. And then we always are drama and like, so she'll be the dark haired person and I'll be the blonde and we'll be like, oh my God, Lisa, you're so stupid. I can't believe that you believe that your child should be a cheerleader in Texas. You shouldn't kill me. And we've done this for about 10 years. Oh, so, so you did it before COVID. Like, you guys oh, yeah. oh yeah. This yeah. Is thing. Oh People yeah. We start, now. I'll say this. His wife is uber, uber creative like she creates all these fun games that are all billion dollars worth right now she could be very very wealthy because she's a teacher so she was very fun so we've been doing that for for a long long time and then um about let's see if it's now like eight years ago seven years ago I got a text I'll never forget this I was sitting at basketball with my son at the Y and Lisa's like hey I got a job idea for you and it was to work with Matt um and he can talk more about that but I did get to work with him when I met Matt too, Matt worked at the Phoenician and I would go with Lisa to go pick him up in their little red Toyota. Yeah. I know. And I remember- the Corolla FX. Yes, the Corolla FX. Um, I did a baby shower for Lisa. Uh, no, baby, sorry. I did, a, I did that too, but I did a wedding shower for, and here's what's funny, my memory. My roommate made a cake and it slid off the plate. It was like, a, got like issues a Lisa, with cakes, uh, no, it was, San, no it was Sandra Van Paris. She made a cake. It was a Boston cream and it went all the way onto the carpet. And I, I mean, was you like, totally screwed up Mackenzie's cake. <laughs> now, I mean, this is like, this is sad at this point. It is. I you, probably you stick to cupcakes or donuts or something. No, I should pay other people to do it. That's what good I've point. decided. I'm yeah. good at certain things. And I would say this spelling is not one of them. And here's Matt. So Matt's going to share a story, but I'll give you one little tidbit about Matt. Matt is the king of Scrabble and writing. And then I get to work for him and I'm such a bad speller that I spell other words that I don't see them. So one of my favorite stories with Matt is about five years ago. I don't know what we're going through at home, something. And he's like, how are you doing? And I said, you know, <laughs> I just laughing. I just said, I go, you know, some days... You just gotta, and I meant to say just breathe, but I said just breath. You just, said this, you didn't write it. I, te like I texted it. I said text just text breath. It. <laughs> you just got a breath. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just got a breath, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. So then Matt was like in St. Louis for the conference or whatever, and he took a photo of his hand over the E, and he's like, just breath, Susan. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I tried to play words with friends with him during that time. And I was like, if you want to be humiliated, play with Matt. Cause I was like, Oh, I got a word. And then he's like, 8,000 points. Like, I'm out. Whatever. And he's so kind and nice. You're like, Oh, this will be great. No, no, it's not fun. No, it's not. And I and the, that's the biggest problem is I literally, he'll be like, Susan, stop the exclamation point. And I think that's where I come from is I'm such a bad speller and writer that I'm like, if I just throw a bunch of these stupid exclamation points, people will be excited. And he's like, only two per sentence. <laughs> no, no, like, it was two per paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we got it. You're excited. You're excited about oh your God. job, but we got it. He's like, let me read through everything you write. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. That's awesome. So. Here's the poetic part, though, is that your punctuation truly does mirror your communication. So it, it, <laughs> it is effective does. that way. <laughs> it is. People are like, Susan is so excited. Yes, yes. <laughs> How did you get a job at the Phoenician? At the time, it was a five diamond, right? It was, uh, 
you could, it was odd because it was called what's, what's part of the, the 19 club at the time. Ooh. Um, it's actually the 20 club. That sounds which is, very, very dirty. <laughs> no, I, you can make it dirty. It was not, it was very, uh, so in of course the, she goes there. Yes, of course. So in the, in the hotel world or in the travel world at the time, this is back, you know, this is 1989. I think, um, it's now like the Michelin rating and things, mm. but at the time they had AAA and then mobile. And so there was the AAA, you know, one diamond through five diamond, and then mobile one star. Like the through gas five station. Star. Yes, yeah. The, the, oh the gas, literally. You know, when I was thinking I'd go to a hotel, I was like, "Where would my gas station go? <laughs> Here oh God, or there? Totally, <laughs> like, really? Somehow, I I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> that's nuts. I don't know the history of that. Maybe at a mobile, you know, they would sponsor like handbooks or something for travel or something. Right. So or anyway, the gas had, attendants gave suggestions. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> <your, laughs> that's, that's usually where you go for a recommendation for a Totally. Where is the most expensive hotel I can go to in Phoenix? Yes. I know. Let's Which reminds me, I worked at a pizza place <laughs> and I'm an 18 year old kid working, you know, out in high school. And this dude pulls up in a convertible Rolls Royce, pulls outside oh. a strip mall in Tempe, Arizona. And he's like, can you tell me where the best club is? And I'm like, <laughs> Why are you asking me? I'm this stupid 18-year-old punk kid. I don't know anything about a Rolls-Royce climb. Anyway. So You're like um, clubbing, yeah. Clubbing, yeah. So the 20 club was if you had a five-star resort or hotel yeah. with a five-star restaurant. Oh, and a, and a five-star right. and a five-diamond hotel with a five-diamond restaurant. So we were the 19 club. We could not we could not get the fifth star. For the oh. hotel. So um, anyway, so the you're asking about the Phoenician. Yeah, it was a, a very high end. It still is. It's incredibly high end. Yeah. Um, resort in Scottsdale that was founded with uh, by Charles Keating and that whole. I met him. Uh, did you really? Interesting. I did. When I was yeah. at. What's funny is when I was at the um, the other hotel he owned, the um, Crescent. Uh, Crescent, yeah. On Scrapbooking. <laughs> nice. And it caught on fire when I was there. So. That so you applied for a job. You were in so, college. You were like, hey, I want to get a job. And you yeah, just said, I'll go no, be a ballet. No. Well, actually what happened, so I was working at the pizza place as an assistant manager going to uh, at ASU. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. So I was 20. So I was 20. I, I'd worked at the pizza place for three years. And uh, John Long. Just, just working your way up, baby. Well, one, well, and one and Matt, pepperoni Matt is pizza your, at a time. <laughs> Delivery. And Matt, Matt's your loyal worker. What pizza place was this? It was Ricardo's Pizza. It was privately owned. Um, Ooh, yeah, I got a job there, um, with this guy in high school. I just was going to get pizza and he's like, Hey, you looking for a job? And I was at the time I was a bag check person at bashes. You're like, anything's better. Anything's better. <laughs> and, and so I was like, okay. So I, I remember calling up the <laughs> bashes and going, Hey, I'm not coming in anymore. And then working that night, taking oh, no the way. car. Yeah. And this is actually a funny story with our family. I just, assumed that my dad would let me use his car for delivering pizzas. <laughs> they have they have five kids. Five kids, yeah. So and he's and my, the oldest. So my so dad had a delivery would, job but no car really. Right, right. And so I got home and told my my parents, oh hey, I got this new job <laughs> delivering pizzas. And my dad's like, in what car? Yeah, how's that I'm gonna like, work, buddy? <laughs> uh, so it became a thing. Anyway, that's um, so funny. So at the time I was working at uh, this pizza place, John Long Yep. who uh, is a good friend of mine, who Susan knows, um, going back a long time, said to me, he calls me up and he's like, hey, I'm going to this job fair at um, this resort in Scottsdale. Would you be interested in coming along with me? I want someone to go along, you know, someone to come with me. Oh, how funny. And I was like, hey, I got the day off. I'm not doing anything. So I, I literally like went up to this job fair 
Um, and I, I did dress up, you know, knowing I'd be presentable. In interview. Yeah. yeah, presentable. Not your unlike, pizza clothes. No, because <laughs> unlike some people that did, like showed up in like Bud, Bud Light t-shirts and stuff. Maybe their mobile outfit. They were like, mobile. maybe this will get me in. <laughs> oh my gosh. My, my tag. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to help. I'm going to get us to 20. That is awesome. <laughs> no, so I just went with him and I, I got there and I looked at the list of jobs. You know, I didn't know anything about the hotel industry. Yeah. Uh, anything. And, and uh, I saw a valet, valet driver and I was like, Hey, I love cars. That sounds really cool. So I applied for the job and I ended up in an interview with someone who went to a high school that was kind of like a competitive high school. So we ended up connecting pretty easily through that mm. and got um, called, you know, like, can you have a seat? And then I got called to meet with like the, you know, it was a screening interview right? and, and met with the team and everything went well. And I remember you know, there's this adage about interviews. You're not supposed to ask about how much you're going to make, you know, like what, whatever. Yeah. And, um, but I was like, well, if I'm going to quit my job and, and the drive was a lot longer at right. the time um, from where I lived. And I just said, yeah, you know, Hey, can I just at least ask, you know, if I'm going to commit to leaving this job, what, what would this job pay? And they go, how much, how much do you make now? And I said, four twenty five an hour. And they're like, they looked at each other and laugh and they're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> You'll at least <laughs> double it. Yeah. And, and I was you know, immediately working, like making like 12 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Did you start nights right away? So I started nights. I started, I was still a student. Yeah. So I was working four nights a week and I worked uh, all, all evening, six to two, seven yeah. to three, you know, closing. Down I know we picked, scene. we picked you up. <laughs> totally. This is like, it's so late. Valiant at the Phoenician. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all, all the money is basically tips though, right? Like you, um, ballets have a small hourly with mostly a big upside, right? Very small, two, two bucks an hour, two thirteen yeah. at the time with all tips. And then there's some gratuities that are added, like, you know, that they, they'll uh, tack on to private parties or, advance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. And they wear a very fancy outfit. Yep. But they have to run in it, right? So they have to run because I remember the valet is not close. What's the best car you ever drove? Oh my gosh! Oh, so many good ones. Um, the thing, you know, I think the uh, the best experience I had in a car was that I drove was a Lotus, like a Lotus Esprit. It was at a private party, and we had this lot. It was called Red Lot that was over by like the golf course and tennis. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a real, it was like almost like a spiral, you know, like you'd go down and down and down in levels. <laughs> and, and a Lotus is like, you know, it's like a race chassis. And so, you know, I was, I was like, I'm going to test this chassis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And my, I will say one of my favorite stories was a um, twin turbo Nissan 300 ZX back then with oh, the tops. Remember? And, um, I, those were, those I were literally guys backed it up. Like I backed it up so I could do this run, you know, <laughs> and like, and I just floored it, you know, cause turbos are usually when that turbo kicks in and I got it, I got going probably like 50 miles an hour, you know, in this, just this little area. And then out of the corner comes the director's security. <laughs> yeah. And I, I literally thought I'm dead. Like I'm, I'm going to lose my job. Right. And then he go, so he comes up to me and, he, and I, I'd worked there a while. So, you know, I had relationships with some of these people and, and he comes up to my door. And he's like, what are you thinking? You know, and I'm like, I'm sorry, doing, sorry. yeah. And then he you goes, idiot. <laughs> he goes, um, what would you do? And this is my stupid arrogance coming, kicking in. He goes, what would you do if another valet, you know, like came out of nowhere kind of a thing. And, and instead of totally apologizing and saying, are you right? I'm sorry, sir. You know? <laughs> 
I was like, well, I know where everyone is. You know, I know, I know oh, where all the guys are. That's such a good 20 year old answer. Totally. 21. Totally. I got this. I got this. I got this. So that's that was dumb. Hilarious. But yeah, I, I drove a lot of really sweet cars. Yeah. My, um, the, one of the owners of the 49ers at the time, the San Francisco 49ers came in. He was one of the owners or the president and he had a Lamborghini Diablo and that's with the scissor, scissor. Oh doors. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. at the time I was a, a doorman. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. And you, the, the doorman, you mentioned the, the, out, the, I'll call them a yeah. costume. Yeah. <laughs> Those, were Those oh, were bigger. Oh yeah. Big, big cowboy hat with big boots <laughs> and the sash yeah. and yeah. all this stuff, you know, and, and he had this land, it was a Lamborghini Diablo. It was raining. And um, I had to back this thing up. And I don't know if you've ever looked at a Lamborghini, but like the back window is like, you know, basically two inches thick. It was tinted. And I'm sitting backing up this $300,000 car with cowboy boots and I couldn't see. So I had the scissor door open, you know, and I'm like backing up, backing up and please don't crash this thing. Uh, But yeah, there's some sweet cars. I mean, really. When you're, when you're applying to be a valet, right. And you're, you know, in your late teens or twenties or something like that, are they like, okay, well, we like you. We trust you. You think you're a good guy, but now let's go test out your driving skills. Like, it, does does that happen? No, they they would ask, "Can you drive a stick?" And then I'd be like, "Yes." Uh, Lisa can't do this. She couldn't. But but what was funny, <laughs> Coulter, is that people would mislead you on their skills. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh yeah, I can drive a stick. I've driven a, a stick. Yeah. yeah. And then wait, yeah, wait till you get in a you know a Porsche with a. Um, really tight clutch and, and you're stalling mm-hmm. it in front of the guests. And you know, <laughs> I had a, a, a Corvette um, that I drove, <laughs> drove and I drove it. It was, we had this lot that was underground and I, you know, got in it and I drove all the way up in this, you know, it's kind of a long return. And I get up there and realize I had left the emergency brake on. Oh, no. and, but the Corvette is so powerful that, you know, it just it blows like, through the emergency. Blows, brake. Yeah. And I remember the guests coming up and at the time, you know, by that point, just the smell of the emergency brake is just, you know, fuming. And, you know, you're just like, I hope this dude doesn't notice, you know, have a good night, sir. Thank you. you know, I remember that, that, that's, that actually made me think of a funny story. Um, when I, we were in high school, I remember it was like our senior year and, and a bunch of us went to the mall, like during, uh, during lunch and one of the guys all of a sudden freaked out. He had to go back for a study hall and we wanted to be there for another hour. So I said, Hey, just take my car. I'll, I'll ride with the other guys. And he, he drove, it was probably 10 minutes away. He drove the entire way apparently with my emergency brake on. And when he got to the parking lot, my phone, my cell phone just started blowing up. I mean, this was before, you know, text messages were really a right. thing. So, but I still had a cell phone. And people were leaving me messages being like, your car's on fire oh <laughs> because the guy had basically gone a 10 minute drive with my e-brake on. And, and oh. I'll never forget that. I mean, I, I don't know how you even can get out of a parking lot with an emergency brake. What kind on. of car do you like, have? It was a Nissan Frontier. It was a, a four door truck. Yeah, it just has to have just enough power for you not to notice. Yeah, I was going to say, our Jetta, we had a Jetta like they did. We all bought Jettas. We all did buy Jettas. Like there was like six of us that had Jettas. Ours was a five-speed. And there's no way in hell that car would have gone anywhere. Ours was a four-cylinder. Dan would get on Scottsdale Road and he's like, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Please. Because they had no oomph. So if we had the brake on, that thing wasn't moving. Yeah. Was it a four? 
was it a four speed or a six speed? It was a it was a five speed with five reverse. Speed. Is that called a six speed? No, it's five speed with reverse. Yeah, it was yeah. a five speed, but it was a four cylinder. It was the bottom. Yeah. All I know is this is what we had. We had a Honda Accord piece of shit that was so bad that the air conditioning broke, and then the spark plugs flew off one day while I was driving. And I said to Dan, I hate this piece of shit that we own. And we showed up at the Volkswagen dealership and they said, $199 a month. And I went, done. Jettas are great. I mean, <laughs> done. Like, and we own it for cars. 12 years, actually. Good first cars for kids yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, really safe. I would safe. say outside my BMW, it was the most fun car I've ever driven. My X3 now is my most fun car to drive. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, you know, I look hot in it. So, you know, it's, that's all that matters. I got a ticket in it like the second day I owned it, but that's okay. Matt's oh, it's, had it's bright blue. It's right? royal blue. Okay. Thank you. Lovely. Uh, Matt's had like 15 cars. Matt is totally a car snob. He doesn't like American cars either, which I love. So that's always been, we've always shared that, you know? Yes. And then one time when we came back, it was funny because my dad loves cars. We watched this video, which we'll talk about his job. It was a video of people cramming into a into a um, train. And then I had, my dad picked me up at O'Hare and I had to shove my, oh, that's bag, right. my bag into the back of the, my dad's Porsche 911. So I sent him a photo. I go, just so like hysterical. this. And he wrote back, I don't think so. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> he couldn't shut the top or anything because my suitcase was too big for the Porsche. So my dad loves cars. But did you ever get in anyone's car, Matt, and go, oh my God, these people are fucking slobs. Oh, like half the cars? Yeah. Every time. The worst was, I mean, really like smokers, you know, you get in and there's yeah, like you know, just ashtrays full and it's just, um, oh. <sighs> and the, the worst. And to this day, I will not do um, like doggy bags or leftovers from restaurants. Oh. I, I refuse to take any <laughs> because food Because people leave them in there for so long. It was so <laughs> gross. So what would happen is people would go out to eat. And you know, it's in Phoenix, so it's 115 degrees. And oh, totally. People would go out to a restaurant, and then they'd come up to the resort for a drink, you know, and, and spend right. a couple hours at the, at the bar. <laughs> so he'd park a car, and then I'd go get the car. It's sitting in the oh. heat with a bag of food in the back, and it just was <laughs> – Awful, awful, awful. Oh, and you're like, here's your car. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and you're rolling down the windows, you know, like, so it, you try to provide some level of service. But I'm not joking. Like, ask Lisa, like, to this day, I will not bring home leftovers because I don't want the smell of food in my car. So, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. And are, you're very neat in your car. And there's a lot of friends that I know we have common friends that I know are not neat people in yeah. the car. So that's yeah. a big issue, too. So, yeah, neat. I, I'm getting the feeling, Coulter, that you're a neat car clean pe person. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, if you use six towels a day, yeah, I heard that. Yourself, <laughs> yeah. If you do that, I get the feeling that your car is kind of clean. Oh, I mean, you know, and, and <laughs> before I quit driving at all, you know, uh, I like, I don't even leave the house most weeks. Um, yes. yeah, I probably got it washed every week, but, um, oh, now it's God. like maybe twice since March. I mean, there's just no, no reason. I, know, I did 6,000 miles. Cause at one point I was like, don't I have to do a oil change on my car. Yeah. And I was like, I hadn't hit 5,000. So, so Matt, what did you do? Uh, you, you went from Valley. I know you worked at the Phoenician a while. So what, what, what came next? I mean, in hotels, you know, sort of bringing it to travel for a second here. What's interesting is anybody you meet in the hotel business, you find out a lot of times that they're able to work their way up yep. fairly quickly. So it sounds like in, in some regard, that was your, your experience. I think I, it was my experience, and I think you're right. Most people in the industry, in the hotel industry, have worked their way up and work in different departments and things. In fact, a funny story about that is that kind of proves the point is there was an intern 
that was um, working for, at the time, uh, the Phoenician was owned by Starwood, who is now since merged with Marriott, but it's part of the luxury collection under the Marriott umbrella. So they had a, there was an intern who was a Stanford, um, Stanford grad. I think he was working on his MBA um, in Stanford that was an intern for, for Starwood. So not for the Phoenician, you know, so he was um, an executive intern working with like the C-suite at Starwood that came and was like employed or placed at the Phoenician to get field experience, you know, like we want Mm. you to work. What does it actually look like to work at a luxury resort to get, you know, so he'd do like two weeks here, two weeks here, two weeks here to get experience. And the funny, the funny story was, you know, this is like a Stanford MBA guy that's being groomed for like senior leadership in a, in a fortune, you know, 500 company. And the funny, the disconnect was we had a valet event that and so at a resort, you know, you have a lot of uh, signs and things, you know, to direct people when they're arriving because right. it's not a single entrance like a hotel. And so um, the solution was to have a sign that had Velcro or the arrow you could put the arrow on. Do you want to turn left or right? Yeah. I swear to God, he couldn't figure out how to work the, <laughs> the Velcro thing. Like, like he didn't understand the concept of putting this little tent sign up. <laughs> on the ground and like, I do, I do things on the computer. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was really funny. So we kind of joke. Poor guy's a whiz at Excel, but common sense. (laughs) It was just funny. It was, it was kind of like one of those, you know, this person has never like really like picked up a wrench kind of a, you know, kind of. Right. Right. So, but yeah, you're right. Most people work their work the way up. Yeah. So I went from uh, valet and uh, the, the structure was in order to become a bellman, you kind of put in your time and you first were a graveyard bellman. And graveyard yes. shifts always have the best stories. And, um, but then I was a, a bellman and then I, I quit to, um, to finish school and <laughs> to become uh, a teacher. To, I was, yeah. To become a teacher. I thought I, I was remember. an English major. And I, and then I went back to school, get a post. ASU. Uh, I graduated ASU and then went back Go to school. what a game. What a game. <laughs> it was only 70 to seven, but I'll take the victory. I will. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, the, yeah, so graduated there and then went back to school to be a teacher at um, and found Ottawa out that high school students suck. No, I love high school <laughs> students. High school students' parents are a little more difficult. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that's complicated. <laughs> Your wife is dealing with that, right? Johnny, yes. Johnny's perfect. Yes. Well, typically, yeah. uh, you know, that, that typically happens in nicer suburbs too. The parents are a little, you know, they're involved and they want to know everything. Which, and so, oh, yeah. that is totally where Lisa yeah. is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you went and you did your student teaching, but you decided not to become a teacher. Correct. And so the whole time while I was um, uh, there, I basically, I stayed on as a bellman. So I like, I left and then came back and uh, worked my way up, way up again um, and was on. And so then I was a bellman for five years and uh, in. 90- so tell me this though, what is it? job of a bellman like really officially besides to greet me when i show up what is your purpose for the resort i'm curious yeah Yeah, and and was that was this a better job than valet like why did you switch um less physical (laughs) you know you're not (laughs) running as much and um and more money you were very skinny more money okay yeah more money because you have access to a lot of the gratuity the extra gratuities that come with groups um and particularly a destination resort um it might be a little different in a in a you know non-destination hotel, but you think about all these um, sales groups and incentive groups that go, they yep. pay for all the all the fees and all the charges, and right. and that for a bellman and and people, line staff, you know, room service and housekeeping, all gratuities is beneficial. So yeah, it was more more money, 
and and more you know, there's a sense of seniority about it right and um, you might find in, in other other resorts and other locations it could be flipped you know um, like I've heard in Vegas you know valets are that's the job to have because some hotels they, that's where the money is uh, just, uh, so what what do they consider what is your what was considered what your daily like, duties were as a bellman at the Phoenician yeah it was uh, <clears throat> pardon me greet you're right greet guests um, be available to them and then obviously <laughs> deliver deliver luggage um, to and oh, from okay. rooms yep. and then de- and then other deliveries you know so um, packages at the time we had um, like in-room messages that were actually printed out and you'd go and deliver That's so right. if I called you and go <laughs> can you leave a message for Susan Green and her room? It yes. would actually print out on a denied. daisy printer. And then yeah, I denied. Go, yep. <laughs> She's denied. not a guest here. Yeah, sir. Well, so this is a funny story. So in 1994, right before I started my travel agency, I was working at a youth group that Matt and I had uh, been to together. And someone called me on the phone. I worked part-time and they said, Hey, do you know anyone that wants to do a weird job at the Phoenician? And I was like, Sure. Yeah. What is it? And they go, so correct me if I'm wrong. It was the prince of Saudi Arabia. It was at the, at the His time. His mother had come in town, right. To have surgery. What I have heard is it was the firstborn son of the fur of the queen. So there's many okay. princes, you know, like gotcha. a lot of people have prince titles, but this, this person was, this the, was heir. the top. He was yeah. the heir to the throne. He was the heir to the king, yeah. So they came in and they, she had had surgery at Barrows, which is this huge place downtown. And they took over part of the Phoenician for a very long time. How long, long were they time. there? Two years. Yeah. yeah two okay. Years. And so they, want, <laughs> they took over this room and they needed someone to wash and clean and iron his socks and his towels. And they offered me 25 bucks an hour in 1994. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing is, I couldn't wear, I had to like long sleeve, I had to wear a dress. Dude, dude probably was making that in a minute. Oh, uh, the Susan, cash I mean, they had in their like, They were like, whatever the fuck you want, basically. They would, not, they would not swear. But you had to go through, you had to go through FBI, which I thought was a joke, right? So I'm a total sarcastic person. I go up to the whatever third floor I park and they're like, Mrs. Green is coming down the hallway and I'm totally mocking the guy because <laughs> we're totally into X-Files. I'm like, Mrs. Green is Oh, that's right, the X-Files. <laughs> I'm like, rah, 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 rah. And he's like, ma'am, please stop. I'm like, okay. And then they have this huge whiteboard on the wall in their main room. And they're like, name, height, weight, phone number, birthday. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit. And then they take me to my room and my room is right next to his room, which is like the presidential suite. And then they're like, okay, washer in the bathroom, dryer on the patio, order whatever you want and start laundry. And I was like, seriously? And so Dan came and played golf. I ordered like 18 things of food. I did it for like two months. I show up one day. They're like, we don't need you anymore. I'm like, oh, oh what? But literally, he was just I, living there for like two months, two years, two years. We lived there for two years, yeah. but they would take over like the lobby. It became an issue, right? It wasn't. Well, I mean, kind of, it, and it was um, tons of them, like 200 people. Yeah. They basically took a whole wing and they were there for two. He, he traveled a lot. The Prince and his entourage, like his close entourage, but they like were constantly the going were in there. Oh yeah. They, kid, would yeah like, the, they would go buy shit and put it on a plane. It was crazy. The kids and they had, all three levels when they came of the of the of the resort for security and 
you know, it was crazy. But then, I peeked out had, my peak hole one day to just watch him walk by. He had a big nose. That's all I noticed. Yeah, I remember they had one room that was converted into a tea room. Like the whole, the whole room, it was a bedroom that was just converted into one, one guy's job was to make tea. And, and that's what he did. And they had I'm plastic like, on the floor. I like iron. I'm like, am I ironing? I iron towels. Culture, it's like your dream fantasy. You know, but this has got to be very complicated for the hotel to work out from like a contracting point of view, right? Because it's not a rental home. It, it, it's it's a hotel. There's other guests and events that potentially could want to be there. So like, how do you, from a contracting perspective, I'm, I'm not saying we answer this today, but sure. it's a question I'm wondering about. Like, how do you get somebody that long-term to be like, to not, you know, claim squatters rights and just be like, oh, well now I own this hotel or, or whatever. Like that has to be, that had to be a really complicated situation. It did. Yeah, it did. And I know that they, what they would do is, um, so the presidential was, like hard blocked. Like they had to come to an agreement of in order for us to manage the, the waves of room needs that you need, because all of his people had to be in the same wing, Yeah, you know, like had to be all in the same hall for security and stuff. So you can't, you can't just hold the, you know, hold the presidential and then we'll, we'll accommodate the other people wherever we have rooms available. Like you're hard blocking those rooms for a long time. So there, you're right. Coulter, there, there definitely are commitments up front. And I remember the presidential um, was like hard blocked for a long time, you know, so it was, was basically, it was out of inventory. There? It was basically out of inventory. What was your job while that was going on? Um, I was, I was a bellman. Um, and I, I don't think I was a doorman at the time. <laughs> funny, funny story. I, the, there was a, there was another bellman, that was just hilarious. He was always the guy that, you know, everyone laughed <laughs> at all the time, the practical joker. And I remember him. So I was, uh, it was called posting up, you know, you're posting up in the lobby, um, you know, being attentive to the greet the next person or help the next person or whatever. And there were like three of us posted up in the lobby and the, like the, the, the prince and all the entourage pulls up to the main drive, you know, the Porta cashier get out of their cars and all this stuff and get their luggage. That's a very fancy word. Porticus, you're the little circle, the covered circle. I would have no idea how to spell that. <laughs> it's O-R- like the roundabout deal. You know, yeah, roundabout. know what it is. Maybe I could spell, but Port- uh, fountain. that yeah, sounds like C-H is in there and those always screw me up. It is actually. C-O-C-H-E-R-E. <laughs> oh, um, wow. So they, but I remember he, this guy, can I use his name, Dan, to, um, not Dan Green, but he turns to me <laughs> and he's like, watch this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> and so the, the, the handlers, you have the handlers that they would grab a luggage, like a luggage cart, um, you know, for the whatever bags or, and it was often briefcase, you know, briefcases and yeah. things. And a you money. know, <laughs> money or weapons, you know, oh, like it's nice. like, the secure, oh it's like the secure, but under, <laughs> under the cover of service, like being able to um, say that we're assisting because one of the, bell protocols is to, you know, to approach a guest and, and say, can I assist you with your luggage? And, you know, kind of make a gesture toward, toward taking their bag. You know, can I take that from you and, and help you? He's like, watch this. So he goes up to one of the security people that it's clearly, you know, that there's either weapons or money in it. And he, and he makes a gesture like, you know, can I take, can I take your luggage for you, sir? (laughs) You know, and uh, it was like, no, you know, like don't touch this stuff, you know. <laughs> no. So then they all leave, and you know, we had a good time laughing at, at him about it. That's it so crazy. funny. Yeah. So, but they were there a long, long time, and um, 
And then people yeah. would come in all the, you know, all the time he had private pilots that would come and stay and they, everyone had just, it was so much money that you would just- It was, and every- there was a mood with some of the people that were local or people who came, they got frustrated because it felt like everything was being taken over. Sure. And so there was an attitude yes. that went on. Now, Matt, you, I have two things here. When did you start going into wanting to do, I, I had said this to Coulter, your black belt training and wanting to yeah. get into management, was they, were they still there or no? Um, they, they were, I would say, um, remnants of, you know, of them were there. Like, so the prince, actually the prince passed away, um, around, around that time, like late nineties kind of a thing. Um, so, but his, what had happened was you mentioned his mom, the queen, um, they moved out of the hotel. So when she got to a point of, um, like where her health was, like her recovery was starting where she could leave the hospital. She yeah. wasn't in a position yet where she could go home and uh, to Saudi Arabia. So she, um, you know, it was kind of a transition place, you know, where you could do uh, care, but the doctors could still have access to caring for her. Right. So what, what they did was, and this is secondhand. So I, but I know that we would sort of, I don't know the exact terms of this, but what happened was they, uh, where the, where the Phoenician is, it's in Scottsdale. And they went to like a neighborhood and a, oh, a neighborhood called right. a sack. Yeah. Yes. And they basically bought out all the, all houses, the homes, all yeah. the homes and, and brought in all the equipment too. Yeah. Right. All yeah. I equipment. heard that too. Yep. So yeah. They moved from the Phoenician to a couple, like a block in Scottsdale. <laughs> that's basically, yeah. Around the Perfect. corner, around the corner from the Phoenician. So Dude, like, we're going to have that kind of money someday. Yeah. Coulter. You're going to be like, I want this house done podcast. Yes. So some of the, um, that's what I mean by remnants. Like, so, you know, like the houses were taking up most of the, most of the core people then at that right. point, but there were still people that would come in and, and stay at the Phoenician that were attending to needs with, with the queen and, and Prince. God, and stuff. Crazy. But one of the crazy thing was um, we would, I think I was at this point, I don't think I was in guest services. I think I was in, I had moved to housekeeping, but I stayed in touch with, um, <laughs> yes. Stayed, always a good I stayed in touch with the team. Obviously, you know, I worked with these guys for 10 years. So, but I, but I do remember that um, there was frequent like shuttle services in in the limo that we would, you know, we would drive their folks over to the homes and it was heavily guarded and there were like snipers on the roofs of these houses. That was pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, this is the queen of Saudi Arabia. This is, this is serious. I know. know? I mean, that's why I thought it was a joke when I went there. And I remember the, the guy came to my door once and I go, come on. I go, what do you do? You know, like he's FBI. I go, what do you do? And he's like, ma'am, I can't share any of that information. I was like, what an awful job. That's all I felt <laughs> when I got in my room. I was like, what a shitty job. Like Poor you guy. stand here all day and talk. Hello, Mrs. Yes. Green is walking down the hallway. She's done now from ironing towels. Like, I mean, how dumb, but it was fun. I made a lot of money. We went on a cruise and I came home and said, boom, I'm going to be a travel agent. That's awesome. Um, so you went into, you decided then to go, you were like, I think I want to go into hotel management is why you went into, and your first area was housekeeping. Yeah. Well, um, so the, the real quick story before that was, yeah. um, I was offered a position. Um, I was at the time I was valet captain and when right. the, uh, the hotel, oh, it's the Las Vegas, um, Paris. Oh, that's right. The Paris was Paris, opening. Las Vegas I remember. was opening and they offered me, I went through the process and they offered me, um, the job of, uh, valet manager to manage the valet team there. And the, the attractive part of that is in the hotel business, there's, um, always, it's very important for resume building as much as you possibly can try to get on an opening team. 
you know, uh, oh. of someone that is opening a hotel because you are shaping culture, you're shaping all the policies, all the protocols. Interesting. For all the yeah. So it really is, um, you know, like I do kind of putting that. in the fire, you know, if yeah. you want, if you want to learn and really want to grow, get an opening team. So that was super attractive. And so we went through the process of, um, deciding but that Vegas wasn't attractive. It, no, well, no, it ended up not being, but the, the yeah. cool thing was, I remember, um, I turned in my resignation. I accepted the job. I turned in my resignation and, um, the resort manager is the number two. There's a general manager and then a resort manager. Uh, resort manager is kind of like your COO, you know, that's really running all the operations. That's what culture is in my business. Nice. He's my, yeah, I pay him $5 a month. <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations. He is such the be- and he best COO I've ever had. <laughs> so you understand the pains, right? <laughs> <Yeah, of course. laughs> so he has to help me with spelling. His um his name was Bunty, uh, Bunty Ahmad. He was um kind of a really key mentor for me and um hmm. taught me some really cool stuff. And but he refused to sign what was called the personal action form unless until he got a chance to talk to me personally. And I remember huh. so I went down to his office and he and I had a really cool conversation, pulled in the general manager. And they both were like, we, we don't want you to leave. And I just wow. said, well, I feel, I feel stuck. I feel like I can't, there's nowhere I can go because as valet captain, I was making too much money. I was making, right. and, um, to take a, to take a management job was, it felt like taking a significant cut in pay. So they, they were that's like, amazing. yeah. So they really came to bat for me and, and they said, um, that's, that's not always the case. We can make things happen. And so they found um, an opportunity for me in housekeeping. So that's when I got into management in, in housekeeping and worked um, for two years under, okay. under Jan McLean. <laughs> Jan McLean. <laughs> there was, has to be some crappy housekeeping stories. Oh, so my gosh. So leave the room like shit, right? Oh, yeah. They're just so, so disrespectful. And um, just, I mean, culture's not that. Coulter, six towel Coulter, outside his overuse of towels and bad for the environment. He is not a sustainability boy. Yeah. I, I get, do you make your bed, Coulter, when you leave the hotel? Yeah. yeah. No, I you mean, don't. I, I pick that it is up. so I bad. What? Okay, here's the good question Matt taught me, by the way. Do you leave a tip? It, yes. If it, I, have, I, I did not know that until you told me that. I, it, de- it, de- it depends on the service. Yeah, it, it, for me, it depends on the on the service. And if you, if they were attentive to what you needed and, and did a good job, but I always come from the adage of, and this is not a joke. They're the hardest working people at the hotel. That's what I always they get think. paid the least. I'm like, I don't care what they're doing. They're cleaning my fucking bedroom they and are, I am not doing it and they are not getting paid as much as I am. So I did, they deserve at least 20 bucks. Yeah, they do. So, yeah. Um, so you go into housekeeping. So people leave their rooms like shit and people have to go in there. Do you ever charge people for the crap they do in their room? Oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely did. Um, uh, one, one, I'll tell you two quick stories about the housekeeping. One was there was a, um, a, <laughs> I got a call I was that there's a water, like a, from one guest that there was like water leak in their room, you know? Ooh. And okay. So we, I went there and met the, I called the maintenance. Uh, and you're in a suit now at this point, I'm in a suit. Yeah. Um, yes. and well, I, I, a suit, a jacket. I, I would often take off the jacket, you know, and it depends on what dirty But you job look official. That's the coolest yeah. part. Yeah. You can be like, and I said so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. At this point, I, and I had the <laughs> I had the name tag that had the double name, my Perfect. full name on it. Yeah. Uh, it didn't say mobile. No, it didn't say mobile. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. You've moved up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so this guy, um, so I go to this room and 
the way in Arizona, um, or at least in the hotel, the, the air conditioner returns were at the entrance of the room. So usually you go in the room oh, and yeah. above the air conditioner returns. So we looked at it and we're like, you know, it looks like the air conditioner is leaking and, but man, that's a lot of water, you know? And so the maintenance guy gets up there and, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't the return. And we're like, what the heck? So we both go, I wonder what's happening above the room, <laughs> above the room. <laughs> so we go to the room directly above it and we knock on the door and no answer. It's locked. So the, there's the guest is in the room, you know, knock on the door, knock on the door. And at this point we're like, we better call the MOD the manager on duty um because Ooh, some, something's going such on a cool tune. yeah the mod and, the mod and so we and then and also security because security has ways that they can access the room um officially and with in. the tools so they can get in Ooh. and so we got into the room and um you know you hear the bathtub running you're like uh-oh something's going on and there was a guest that was drunk and had passed out on his bed <gasps> oh no with the water running Oh my God. Yeah. And he was, um, and basically they, um, at this point engineering and the manager on duty, it wasn't a housekeeping issue anymore. It was like a maintenance and, um, manager. So it was just going through the ceiling. Oh yeah. It was just, just (laughs) dropping through the ceiling. So they did an assessment on the, on the value of the maintenance repairs on it. And it was like $4,000 or something. Cause it was like drywall damage and all this water damage. And they added it to his room bill. Oh, and just, run it yeah just run it and he didn't say anything yeah it was crazy That's but, um, my God. the uh, the coolest story for me that was i would say professionally um like to this day i still this was professionally forming like formative was there was a guest that um uh it was it, you know we've been joking about mobile but i think it was <laughs> the mobile exxon merger <laughs> So, remember, so at the time it was mobile, but then Exxon and they merged. Okay. They right. did. And then they and, had a huge spill. And then the big spill at that some point. Mobile's like, why did we get involved with these? Yeah, exactly. We should have <laughs> paid as a rating system. <laughs> That's we where the money our, is. The money is not in oil. The money is in rating hotels. Our money is with our, our, our guys telling people where to go sleep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Forget my gosh. oil. Um, awesome. Okay. So they, the guys, they're executives at the hotel. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the, at the, at the time this merger is going on and I go to, um, the, the guest is okay. So I get a call as housekeeping manager. There's a guest at the hotel. Housekeeping. I just can't stop he, saying he, it. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> says it. Can't say it. And there's a guest in the hotel that, um, is looking for his clothing, like his, his clothing, <laughs> is not in his room, you know? And, um, oh. this, so this is the story I get like on the radio, you know, like, right. can, can you check to see if you have items from 41, <laughs> whatever, 40, 20, size 36, yeah. 20. <laughs> so I've Anyone gone steal that. Well, we just have extra small panties. We don't have large. <laughs> Sorry. We don't carry those. <laughs> oh so, my God. so I'm like, okay, I need to get the full story. Like what's going on. So, right. and, and the, I call the front desk manager and, and they're like, the, the guest is at the desk. So I'm like, okay, so great. I'll go to the, go to the desk and find out what's the story. Right. And, um, and the guy's like, it turns out that the ge- the guest was in like th- say 4020 and they had, ch- they had checked him out of his room and checked another guest into the room without his approval. And he was supposed, and also without um, it like early, they like, checked him out early. So there's no reason Ooh. for this guy to be out of right. his room. And well, it turns out after doing some research, what happened 
was that he was only like a kind of a fly by night guy. Like he was coming in overnight to present at like a board meeting and he was an attorney for, or something. He was on some, either the attorney or some kind of committee or something regarding this merger. And, um, and then, uh, so the, um, the question was what happened to his stuff? And it, all that happened was he basically flew in and he had a shirt, you know, like he had a shirt to change a shirt. And then he had, stacks of papers that were all the legal documents for the merger like copies of the legal merger and these are like documents that are like what they call like red letter which is you can't make copies of them and all these kind of things because they're you know very very confidential yeah and what had happened was the housekeeping team the housekeeper or whatever made the decision that this guest had checked out and so they tossed all the papers. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh yeah, through all the papers. So oh his god. shirt was in lost and found. <laughs> but where are all the papers? And and he's going these Holy are like shit. tens of thousands of dollars of papers that he's responsible for that are not Right. You know, he's going to get in trouble as, right. you know, as So I remember, you know, at the time so I'm working with the MOD at this point going, "Oh my god, we need to appease this guy and care, right. you know." And I remember walking with him so we gave him the presidential suite. <laughs> And um, <laughs> we're like, here you go. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. We've got it. We've got whatever. It. Can I get you food? <laughs> Can I get you anything you need? And the, the thing that was formative about him was the dude was the coolest dude you ever met. Like he was, oh. he was like, um, let me, let me think, like, let me just stop. Let me oh, think. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And cause he, you know, in the, in the, in the hotel industry, you can imagine you deal with a lot of guests that are upset at things they really should not be upset with and um which i can so he wasn't reacting he was no no no. he was he he was so cool and he ended up kind of solving the solution on his side but it was the closest i've ever got to dumpster diving you know oh yeah i was thinking that like where where'd you put them yeah we actually contacted the like the dumpster company (laughs) and we're like can you come with a truck and like spread all this garbage out on the parking lot of the employee parking lot because we need to dive through and find these papers and Wow. He, he came up with a, like a, a workable solution to access those documents. How cool is that, that he, that to see someone that could handle that stress. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember, I remember talking with Mike, who's the MOD going like professionally, that's, that's how I want to handle, you know, yeah. if I'm learned, putting, you learned something by watching how he oh, handled this situation. Yeah. Like problem solving and how to, um, how to stay cool. Right. And, um, but yet, but yet work the problem, you know, without casting blame without, you know I mean? It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going, it was a major mistake, but it was, there was no intention behind it. No maliciousness. It was someone just trying to do their job. And yeah. yeah, And he could see that. Yeah. How long, how long all encompassing did you work in, in the hotel industry? Um, I worked 16 years at the Phoenician and then another, uh, another year at a hotel here in Madison. So total 17 years. And then, um, and my current job had been in the meeting plan, you know, event planning, I would say the client side of the hospitality business for another 12. It's your total. Now, before we go into your current job, what I want to hear about is I don't think I've ever heard the Martin Short story. I've heard other ones, oh but you know, gosh. his, his last name I have found because my maiden name is short was shorter. Oh, yeah. 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 Is I think he actually was Martin shorter and then he switched it to in short. real life. 
which is funny. Why yeah. don't you switch it to short? That's so interesting. I hadn't heard but that. I've heard that it was Martin Shorter. And so Dan is a huge, okay, what is the, um, what's the SETV? What's the one from Canada? Yeah, SETV, yeah. Yeah, that's all he loved. So he loves oh. any comedian from Canada, like anything that he does. So you, I didn't realize, I mean, you had to have had, you guys had presidents that stayed at the Phoenician. You had oh, every, yeah. every movie star that ever came was the Phoenician. Every athlete like, you can think athlete, of. Yeah. yeah. Every, every football team that came the in. The dream if they team played. stayed there. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So you what? had to have, you had to have these people come in. You had to be classy about it and be like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. The only, it's, it's interesting. Like the only, um, person that I broke character, you would say, <laughs> you know, for was, um, Bob Costas. It oh, was, it was really? his, yeah. It was his 40th birthday and I delivered 40 black balloons <laughs> down this hallway to him and it was a stucco hall. So they yeah. kept popping. Oh. <laughs> oh. So I think it was like 32 by the time I got it to him. Oh my here. God. So what'd you say when you saw him? And uh, honestly, the only, I, the only time I broke character, I, I just said, cause at the time, remember he had a, a late night show. He did. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I just remember saying to him, um, you know, I said, I just want to know, I just really enjoy, you know, I really enjoy your show. And yeah. Um, so, and happy birthday, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. But it's the only time I never talked to people about what they did. I wanted them to feel as, you know, as welcome. And so, okay. So tell us the story about Martin Short because he's got, yeah. he's got to be off the cuff funny. Oh, he was great. So, well, this is, so this is actually when I was at the concourse. And oh. uh, in in Madison, so I was Madison. A, yeah, yeah, so I was assistant front office manager, filling kind of interim front office manager because the uh, front office manager had left and they were, you know, looking to fill the job. Anyway, so um, Martin Short was coming through at the Overture Center, which is a, you know, really nice um, theater venue here in Madison, and putting on a on a show. And uh, Madison Concourse is you know kind of known as like probably the nicest place to stay in, in Madison from a luxury perspective. It's not a luxury market, but it's, it's a really nice hotel. And so we'd often have, and it's really close to the Overture Center. So um, we'd have a lot of celebrities come through, like when Public Enemies was, was being filmed uh, with Johnny Depp and Michael Mann, and they, they all stayed mm. there. So um, things like that. So I am um, front office manager, you know, acting, and part of the job is, front office manager is to block it's what's called block the house and you go through and you identify, you know, there's like usually tiers of priority and stuff, you know, to get, for example, like rewards members, you know, they get upgrades and um, VIPs and, and then, you know, people that need connecting rooms and, and stuff like that. Can I ask you a question on this? Sure. How, so if I'm coming tomorrow, when do you block the room? Cause we get asked this all the time for reservations. Very few hotels allow you to connect rooms or for like, someone's like, Oh, I want to be on the fourth floor. When does a hotel manager typically go look to block rooms out? Yeah. It usually is the morning of, so like the morning manager wow. will come in and Pardon me, Look assess. at all the space and realize yep. where you have some rooms. Yeah, yeah, assess because the morning manager has to do it because on really tight nights, um, the morning manager is responsible for allowing people to stay late. Oh, or, that's right. Or stay, you know, stay an extra day. People Ooh. want to extend the reservation and, um, you know, people like, you know, think of people that are Platinum Club and they get a 4 p.m. checkout. Well, we right. need to know that or, and those, so it's usually <sighs> the morning person that, that begins blocking the core part of the house. And then the, right. the shift change, you know, they'll pass off the notes and kind of go, this is what I, what's done. These are the remaining 
questions that need to be answered or the remaining rooms that need to be blocked. It's such a, it's such a, like a, it's like Tetris. It's like, I loved it. And being a problem solver puzzle guy, I, (laughs) that was probably one of the favorite things I've ever done is blocking the house. Cause you're always looking for, how can I make this the best for everybody? I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the, the day that Martin Chart was coming in, it was a sold out house and um, he had a suite, but he also had a manager and his manager had a room and you know, they usually they're adjoining or next week, you know, near each other. And um, I can't remember the specifics of what happened, but you probably what happened is either (laughs) uh, another guest refused to leave. And because of um, hotel laws, what are they called? Um, Innkeeper laws, you, there's things that you can't have to follow. Like you can't, you can't force someone to leave. Seriously? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So when people uh, come knock on my door and like, you're supposed to leave it by one, you can be like, um, innkeeper law. Yes. Yeah. They, <laughs> they can charge you though. Oh yeah. They can charge you. <laughs> and, oh, okay. That's true. And they Shit. can, that's why, that's why when you look at a, at the room rate card, you know, on the back mm-hmm. of a, you're going like, no one yeah. pays this rate. Yes, yeah. they do. They pay that rate if they refuse to leave. Oh, the rack rate. The oh. rack rate. Yeah. Very, very few people pay rack rate. Um, except so you don't, Yeah. So you don't know if these people, well, probably the people from Saudi Arabia played rec rate. Oh, I think they did in the suite. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you don't know why, but they're not, that's not available. Yeah, exactly. It could be like an, like an engineer, you know, a room goes out of order because there's a a problem. Someone had a flood because they were drunk on their bed. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, Johnny, stop drinking. (laughs) We have Mark shortcoming. Exactly. So you're doing your best as manager to try to, you know, maintain the integrity of the block and all you can, but somewhere in that decision, with Martin Short, somehow we lost his manager's room. So like his, yeah. And, and you think about like Martin Short is, they're not checking in like a normal guest. They're not checking in at 2 PM and say, where is my room ready yet? They're going, can I stand in the priority line or am I in this line? (laughs) That's not how it works with celebrities. (laughs) So they all, they're always check in after their show, you know, so they're, they're another show driving yeah. in and going to do the show. And then they come to the hotel afterwards. So it was like one in the morning, um, oh. something like that. And, you know, midnight, one in the morning. And, but I, at that point, um, I think I had hand, I, I was night manager, but I had handed off the solution. Like I had solved the problem, but I wasn't sticking around. I was <laughs> gracefully handling it, handing it to, <laughs> to someone else. But what happened was, um, the only, the only solution, like we literally did not have a room for his manager. So it's oh. either um, we found a room at another hotel, which you oh. never want to tell a guest, you know, like we're going to no. walk, we're going to walk the manager of Martin Short, you know, and, or, or we have a rollaway. Oh, even better. <laughs> it's set up. Oh. We have it set up in the suite parlor portion. You know, so you guys can a, share, like camp. So you can share. <laughs> share a room and that, yes. i think that was like the solution like oh. i like we're so sorry so um what what do you want you know and so you know you just think like from a reputation perspective that's horrible right. and you know right and martin short could make a make a big deal out of it you know and so they they went with you know thank you I, they were so gracious and they were like you know we'll take it and whatever and so the next day so the next day they come to check out it was a riot somehow they had a <laughs> Somehow they had a Polaroid camera, you know, oh. like the ones that you take yeah. the, the photos. Yeah. And they had all these crazy photos of them <laughs> screwing around with this stupid rollaway. Oh, so, that's awesome. So if you could picture like a standing rollaway 
and then yeah. tying each other to it, you know, like, <laughs> rope. and then pictures of them rolling, you know, that stuff. Oh, so anyway, yeah. it was just the funniest thing. And, but one also to kind of go, you know, you often find like the coolest guests are those that just go with know, it, take, just go with it. Yeah. Just go with it and know that people yep. are trying to be the best they can. And no one, you know, no one was trying to, you know, uh, lose this room for this guy, but just some stuff right. happens, you know? Wasn't there some sort of cruise story? He yeah, was I was going to say, someone jumped off a ship? Yes. So Lisa no, and I... No, the cruise that I booked for you guys, that I don't remember this at when all. When was this? When was this? So Two this was four, no, it was like four years ago. Okay. Four, okay, yeah. Uh, you what, what you were going to go this year, Prin- aren't you? Uh, glad princess. you didn't book it. You yeah, where are we going to go? <laughs> we did not. So yeah, we, booked, I know exactly. So we booked, uh, yeah, Susan helped us, um, did a great job, Ooh. got an upgrade. It was awesome. Um, the, we went princess cruise lines out of, out of Fort Lauderdale. I think and you guys we, went on the Caribbean princess. Yes, exactly. We went to like St. John's yes. and St. Eastern Caribbean. And then, uh, went St. to, Thomas, uh, Princess Rico, K. uh, San Juan, which we Yo, Oh, that's right. You yeah. love San Juan. I love those photos of you guys. That was one of your favorite uh, places. It was so cool with all the iguanas, but the, um, yeah, so it was really fun. So we went on the cruise, and um, the the cruise we went on, they had a tropical storm, storm warning, so we didn't go. I guess Princess owns a private island. Princess uh, K. Princess K. So we weren't able to go there oh. uh, because of the – we got diverted because of the tropical storm. I know. They come over, the, they're like, this is the captain. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> he comes over the loudspeaker. We wanted to let you know it to your safety. Yeah, we had that happen, too. I've been on nine cruises. We've been diverted a couple times. Uh, oh, yeah. Where'd you so- end up going? Uh, uh, we, had, where did we go? Oh, we went to, we hit every destination except, no, no, we actually hit every, de- we just floated out, honestly, floated out in the ocean. <laughs> the day sea. Oh, yeah, yeah day at sea. And we were like, wow, there's kind of nothing to do. So we have to love boat all day and in the room. <laughs> yeah, oh. it was good. So, um, one of these days we're in the, in the, you know, like the lobby of the hotel, I don't know right. what it's called, but like right. the atrium Portacashier. <laughs> Portugal, atrium yeah, for exactly. ten. Atrium, that's it. Atrium. <laughs> yes, so see, atrium, I can spell that one. Yes, nice. atrium. And we had um, like this. I, I've only been on one cruise, so the maybe they're all the same. But there's a wine bar that was part of the atrium. There is. Okay. Yes. So we're in the wine bar, just enjoying ourselves, having drinks, and um, and kind of in the entertainment district of the atrium. Yes. I don't know what it's called, but the, there are two like vodka jugglers, you know, they're juggling oh, um, nice. yes. these vodka bottles and, you know, kind of a, like a disco light show with the, you know, <laughs> doing all the, all the music. That was very, very good. I felt like Thank I was you. back in the eighties. Thank you. My beat, my beatbox. So the, um, <laughs> we're just, we're, it was entertaining, you know, we're like watching, they did, you know, synchronized vodka bottle and they were pouring martinis and you're like you know, this no. is so much better than tom cruise it in was, cocktail yes. <laughs> exactly exactly the tom cruise show so oh. while this is it's in the middle of happening the beatbox is going you know, and suddenly the <laughs> ding like you said the captain get the ding ding thing comes yeah. on and um and he said you know he says ding um attention attention this is your captain speaking man overboard man overboard and then, he, and then he says, this is not a drill, um, whatever, like, uh, staff to your stations or whatever you would say, you know, like, uh, everyone to the station. My daughter's face. <laughs> so that's terrible. It was crazy. So what the crazy thing was is, so while this is happening, the, um, the music stopped, right? It got super silent. Everyone right. stops. And like the captain speaking, and they're like, where's Johnny. Yeah. And <laughs> so then, um, but the crazy part was, um, a, a ten, uh, you know, like back, um, everyone to their stations, everyone to their stations. There's this like dramatic pause. Everyone's just kind of like, what's going on? And then 
the music kicks on again. <laughs> so, and the jugglers just start juggling. And I literally, like literally Lisa and I turned to each other and we kind of were like, well, I guess this happens all the time. <laughs> like we said that to each other. This is the only cruise you bet on. Yeah. This is I mean, the only cruise you bet on. I can totally see you guys. Yeah. We're like, I guess this happens all the time. So, um, you know, and then it was like uh, the attention of the, you know, the cruise kind of shifted to like what's going on and, you know, right. And, um, but not really like, again, they did, they did a good job of just kind of keeping business going. We and then, you know, so you're kind of, them. and the, and the thing I learned on, on cruise ships is they're so big and, um, that you look out on, you know, like look out your boat out the porthole. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of like, I, I don't see us reacting. I don't see us doing anything. <laughs> you know, it, it's just right. You don't see where they're, yeah. You're like, did they get a, did they get a boat down? So or? yeah, exactly. So it just affirms the fact that nothing is going on, you know? And so, um, but you know, there's, there's enough, there's enough like muffled conversations about people yeah. questioning. So we're like, yeah, I wonder what's going on. And so we went to our, we just went to our room yeah. And, um, and I mentioned Susan had got us an upgrade, which was really nice. So we had, um, the, the, we were on the level and this doesn't sound like a great upgrade, but it was from the non-view. We actually had a view <laughs> that yeah. looked outside and we were on the level that had all the lifeboats. Oh and yeah. 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 So right. we were obstructed like, obstructed view. It was obstructed way. view. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was a really, really good day to have an obstructed view <laughs> <laughs> because we look out the porthole and we see, and, and we were right where like all the activity was for the, where the wench is that, wow. that drops the, yeah. the lifeboat to go. Wow. Well, for, actually I, I forgot the first thing we did though, was kind of walk the deck, you know, like we just were like, yeah, I'd, go, I'd either go on the top deck and try to look down. Yeah, yeah. we did. And what was crazy, we saw like a hundred life vests, like people had tossed <laughs> out like, oh. like Johnny. Yeah. And it was like around, um, it was around dusk. And so oh. at this point it's dark and like you oh, see all the spooky. blinking lights yeah. um, from the life jackets. Oh, that's true. I forgot they yeah. do blink. So um, we went, so we, so we go out and look at the, at our, our, at our port, porthole yeah. and we were watching and you could see activity and whatever. And we're wa kind of watching the staff, you know, yeah. all dressed up in their Navy type guard and all <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see a couple of them like laughing. Yeah, they're uh, like dumb Americans. Yeah, exactly. So either dumb, dumb, ass. either dumb, but there was a sense of calm, like okay, maybe this, maybe this isn't as bad. Right, as, they as, wouldn't be. Hopefully, they wouldn't be laughing at a guy getting killed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, oh, he's so, dead. <laughs> so we, we watch the boat come up, and, and so you see the you know like the the lifeboat you know kind of yeah. going across the waves, pull up in the winch, and and at this point everyone's kind of like you could tell there's a sense of lightheartedness, yeah, and like oh the good they got they must have found this. Yeah. Whoever went overboard. And so sure enough, you know, wench comes up and it's this stupid like 20 year old kid gets out with a white t-shirt and shorts and he's just laughing it up, chuckling with all these guys, you oh know. Oh my God. And what an idiot. It was crazy. So then about, you know, they, I don't know what they probably put blankets on him and stuff like that. So maybe like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Um, the captain gets on, you know, and so we, I feel like you we already were the knew. only ones. Yeah. yeah, we were the only yeah. ones that knew what had happened. God, you and could have called TMZ. I, <laughs> you're not going to believe what I saw. <laughs> what I just I saw. I have got a scoop for you. <laughs> and uh, so the captain gets on and it was awesome. He's like, attention, attention. You know, this is captain speaking. Captain um, speaking, they're all have... like from Norway. <laughs> yeah, he was actually, he did. <laughs> they he totally are. They all have a very, very strong accent. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I thought it was just our guy. No, no, yeah. they all do. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. They're not yeah. from, they're not from Jersey. <laughs> no. <laughs> attention, 
attention, yo. So he gets on attention. Yeah, he did have the accent, which don't ask me to do that. Yeah, they don't have their beatbox going in the background. They're not those guys. That's awesome. So he says, attention, attention. This is your captain speaking. He goes, "Um, we have found, we have found the, the, uh, what do they call it? the the what's a person on a boat um passenger passenger thank you we've a s s e n g e r maybe it's not is A-N-G. it a n g oh so we found the passenger he is not dead <laughs> it was awesome the, drama- the dramatic pause was just perfect he is not- he probably was like he is not, not dead. dead probably flipped his paper over check that yeah check awesome yeah. and then he goes he goes needless to say he will not be um joining us beyond saint john <laughs> oh yeah you get in you know, big trouble oh, yeah and, and, and i didn't know all this you know and then you find yeah. out oh my gosh yeah like this dude's gonna be like arrested hard yeah yeah and you're gonna to get home and all yeah. that and it because yeah. think of how much time so it must have been I mean, a, oh my gosh and they had to turn the ship around and all think of all the yeah i mean it was just a yeah. nightmare and then I so the, I was it just a false this. alarm i mean what had happened no he literally had gone like on a prank like he had jumped jump ship um, oh that's so stupid uh, yeah super those stupid. turbos i mean if they're going full blast oh. you will get sucked under that I, that is not the way to go the fact that they that they found this gentleman is unbelievable i mean it really is. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What was well, so, that guy thinking? So Lisa and I got, I think, you know what? It was on our way. Well, it would have been on our way to St. John, but we didn't, we didn't purchase the internet upgrade uh, oh. <laughs> thing, you know? So, you know, as soon as we got to some port, because yeah. we're asking ourselves like, how common is this? You know? And, and <laughs> so we got to, got to port and got to a, like an internet cafe or yeah. coffee or something like that. And we look it up, like, like how, what's the average number right. of men overboards? And it's one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Annual. Oh, and I'm and thinking they, all yeah. of Princess Cruises. No, it's and very like, uncommon. They had the a couple jackpot. more after that. They've had a couple in the last couple of years. And then they've gotten, you now get excessively fined if you go over on the outside of your balcony. So then they had trouble with that. And then they weren't letting people out on their balconies. They weren't, so some balconies have like a door between them you can open. So if you're like next door to another balcony where you're with friends, you can open and you have a big balcony. They stopped that. I was like, people are idiots. They really are. And they don't realize how big these boats are. And, you know, people are stupid when they're young. I mean, here's the thing, or drunk. Yeah, well, so, I'm sure it was you know, a combination. Yeah, and that's part of it is that, you know, it, it's like I say with all inclusives, you don't drink at 11, but at all inclusives, you do. And so people are like, oh, Mexico is not safe. I go, no, 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 Mexico is fine. Yep. You just got to understand that you don't wake up at home and drink and then go, I'm going to go get in a fight. Yep. It takes a, three you know, drinks like, for that to sound like a great idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So people just blame a lot of things, but that is so funny. It's too bad they didn't sell t-shirts. I can't remember that story. doesn't mean you didn't tell me, but I do not remember that story. I think that is so fun that that was your first cruise. Oh yeah. It was memorable. Up. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. Yes. <laughs> and that you had that view. That's yes. so cool. Thank well, you Thank so goodness much. that guy was okay. He was just I am so glad. silly. Yeah. And you could tell, you know, you could tell the glee of the staff really, you yeah. know, like the fact that, wow, we, we saved a person's life and, yeah. um, you know, and then now to get to, to get, to see him arrested is probably even better, you know, by. <laughs> by well, that. and see, you look at that too. So you also look at a cruise ship It's very similar to a hotel, the job, the shit jobs, the bottom jobs, oh, yeah. not, they don't get paid. Right. So people don't realize outside anyone who is not an officer on that boat 
or in entertainment, they don't get paid. Their really? pay is the tip. Oh, I didn't know so that. So wow. anyone that gets paid, so people who do your room, people who do the cleaning, people who do the dining and stuff like that, it's all based on the tip. So it used oh. to be a cash system. You'd go on your trip, you'd get these envelopes, you'd put cash in it. Well, now they automatically charge. It's typically about twelve fifty per person per day. Some cruises are a little bit more, some are a little bit less. You can go and manipulate that if you want. And then people get really pissy about that. Mm. And I'm like, you got to understand, they live in quarters of like four people in the size of your room. Yep. They live there for, on average, 12 weeks. They send all of their money back to their family. And they are the hardest workers you yep. will ever meet in your life. Yep. And so I'm like, we typically over tip them. Um, but it is, it's one of those, again, where you're like, the guys that are out there getting these people... I mean, I'm glad it's okay, but you're like, they work their asses off and people just have no understanding. And it, sometimes it's a little frustrating. I find that people have expectations. Now, that is different than some of the cruise lines where you're asking someone to pay $25,000 and they really are asking for that Phoenician experience or mm -hmm. that top of the line experience. But, you know, in on average, I've really tried to educate my clients in the last couple of years. It's really kind of been a mission of mine is, I started setting up these, I have in my CRM, which Matt and I have talked about for hours. I know what that um, is. And with my job is, you know, these auto emails that go out on, you know, packing lists and how to treat your customers right. Mm -hmm. And what are timeshare things not to go to so that people feel educated, but also have kind of an understanding because to me, travel and working like your job, you working at the Phoenician, you working at, in any of your jobs, I'm like, it is so much about learning about other people that I think is just invaluable. I think when people don't go and work with people that, you know, make you uncomfortable, make you challenge yourself. I mean, working with FBI, going, being at a hotel where people might not all be white, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I think there's so much about travel and the, there's so much to learn from that. That is good outside seeing a beautiful beach and outside having all those great experiences. So I know what you do, but why don't you give us a really brief thing with what Urbana is and then how you've used your travel thing, your travel, uh, you know, knowledge experience, to be a part yeah. of the experience. Thank you. That's yeah. an E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. -E -E. I can spell that one. <laughs> awesome. I don't know how I'd use that. I've never, Matt, I've never played Scrabble in my life. That is a disaster, honestly. But yeah, so tell us about your job. Yeah, so I um, coming out of the hotel business, um, I was looking for a new role, and um, I had met someone through a church, and um, who directed me, you know, toward the web website. And there, there's a job called registra registrar, and at the time I was front office manager, which I mentioned earlier. And um, so I'm like, you know, you look at a job description, you're like, oh, I can manage lines of people and registration systems and you know that's what i've been doing it'll be so easy it'll be so so easy yeah so um i interviewed <laughs> uh, for the job and actually ended up getting an a, offered a different job which was functions manager which is working closely with uh the um like convention services managers in mm -hmm. you know working on um setting up all the function space and um assigning breakout rooms and all that stuff in both a convention center setting and in multiple hotel settings on top of that, man, working with all the hotel, all the hotel folks, all the, you know, we had 20 plus contracts, you know, so doing all the site visits, working with um, uh, all the sales managers, as well as the operations staff, you know, at some point it doesn't become a sales uh, event, it becomes an operation, you know, operations event, how yeah. do we make this happen? So yeah, I, I ended up working um, in that role. And then I've 
but it was really a, a temporary job. I, I took it just for that one conference. It's a triennial event, a missions conference. Um, and that, that was 2009. That was 2009. Yes. Um, it's focused on college <laughs> students and, yeah. and mobilizing them into mission. Um, and so that was 2009. And then I had a um, opportunity to stay on and move into an associate director role. And then this, so now I'm going into my fifth Urbana um, and it's um, yeah, as director it's of operations. Boss. as director. Yeah. I got my CMP certified meeting professional wow. certification yeah. in 2011. And I've, um, recertified in 2016, which has been professionally, you know, very helpful. Um, one yeah. for networking, but just, you know, applying m- m- matching, matching education and experience yeah. and, um, and training, you know, training opportunity. So yeah, I, um, Susan asked me, uh, if you heard that we had moved, so it was supposed to be Urbana 21 cause it's every three years, but we're in the process of, um, we made the decision to move to 22 Nice. Uh, okay. So now we're in the process of negotiating the change, you know, with, with venues and, all, you know, so working all the contract. And so, yeah, I think um, you had asked me how my hotel experience yeah. applied to the applies to this. I think two, two things that I really took away from, from my hospitality experience that I still consider myself in the hospitality business. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the client side. But um, one was, and I mentioned um, the resort manager, Bunty. Um, yeah. He ended up being a general manager at Wild Horse Pass. I'm oh, sure I Wild didn't Horse know that. Pass. I don't know where he is now, but he yeah. um, ended up going there. But that's I remember- in, uh, That's in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember on giving him a ride down to his car once, and we had these little golf carts, Dahatsu, mm-hmm. they were called. Yeah, yeah. And um, give him a ride down, he was going home. And we just had this really cool conversation, and he- um, kind of planted, planted this concept of aggressive hospitality. And mm. he, you know, he was like, I'm a believer in aggressive hospitality. And, and I, you know, so I just remember kind of having this conversation with it about him and uh, about that with him. And so since then, you know, this is like early, early in my career. And um, I've kind of stuck with that. You know, like, what does aggressive mm-hmm. hospitality mean? And I think how it's turned, um, how, what that's turned into is one of the core values of, of Urbana is intentional design mm. and, and generous hospitality. And so how do we, how do you approach any transaction and transactions are wrong, wrong word, but any engagement with someone and approach it as an os- opportunity to be generous and offer, you know, offer that generosity with a spirit of hospitality that can be toward an individual person that can be toward an organization, you know, rest, rest, this re- is green. <laughs> Is that a hospitable response? Yeah, that's how you had to talk on the radio, and I could yeah. be my. This is green. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, though. I love that. Yeah, designing systems and things, and then, um, but the aggressive hospitality, um, I really look at that intentional design. Like, am I? I look at aggressiveness as you know. You could look at it and go. There's a rough side of that of you know being aggressive and what I don't but aggressive see that really is intentional. <laughs> yeah, <Yes. laughs> no, <laughs> but it really is about intentional, like designing everything to to yeah. serve yeah. someone. And is this meeting their needs? Is it right. positioning yourself to to solve their problems? All right. those kind of things. And so I think and and then I mentioned that guy that even that guy with mobile Exxon, you know that was a key, um, like a, a key way that I still carry with me yeah. about how to how to put. What's my posture in engaging relationships? What's my posture in engaging problems? And go, am I am I 
am I one taking it personally? Is it, you know, but even that, you know, how do I extend um, a spirit of hospitality and care towards someone? Because I, I want them to win, you know, I'm for them. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm for, you know, I want to win too. for the organization. Yeah, exactly. I want to win too. So I'm so glad you're glad that I want to win. Uh, yes. I know. <laughs> Susan is not a competitive person. <laughs> your wife. So yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, competitiveness, we end our podcast with a game. Okay. And so you get to be on my team this time and Coulter gets to ask us questions. Go green and, team. Yeah. Go green team. So um, I believe we're going over, I believe he is prepping us with questions about the Minnesota twins. Oh, nice. I've got you guys some uh, Minnesota twins trivia. I heard Matt, that you are a Minnesota guy, but more importantly, you're a baseball guy and the I Twins are your team. Is that right? His uh, dog's yeah. name was Kirby Puckett. It's right. The <laughs> only Pucky. dog they ever had for like one day. <laughs> I bought my dad. There's, a, there's a, a funny story that my dad pitched for the 65 Twins in the World Series. He didn't, but that's the story he always tells whenever he speaks at like someone asked him to speak at something. He always talks about when I was on the Minnesota twins. So I bought him for Christmas. <laughs> so for Christmas, I bought him a, a, a like, it's a book about the 1965. Oh, Minnesota that's perfect. Twins. Isn't it great? Okay. Okay, guys. We'll, um, we'll try and start fairly easy. Whatever. Yours were very difficult last time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it easy. We'll keep it to, you guys want. <laughs> oh, um, marriage has changed you so much. I feel very nervous about missing this first question. <laughs> you can be fine. I'll just razz him. Okay, so in what year did the Twins franchise begin? Oh, um, yeah, I have no clue. It, are you talking about in Minnesota or in Washington? Oh, go back to go back to the beginning in Washington. Are we talking Washington D.C.? Well, they used to be the Washington Senators. That's um, correct. I oh. think I I could be wrong, but I think like 1947. That's, okay. the, that's the number that's on the hat that Dan buys all the time. Oh, yeah, 47. Yeah. Those yeah. Are those hats that might be like, wrong. Could have been earlier. You want to confirm I don't know. with your uh, speaking Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're a team. The, that's right. You guys are a team. It's not the 20s. Because um, that's, I mean, I don't know, 30? I don't know. What did they, I, I would be shooting in the dark. I'd be going for my I feel like mom. it's the 40s because in the 20s, you really did have your – like just kind yeah, of the black teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, the Minnesota twins franchise began with the Washington senators in 1901, oh. later becoming the Minnesota twins in 1961. That I knew. Yeah. I thought you were going to say 61. Cause I could answer that. 1901. 1901. Wow. 1901. You were yeah. way off, Matt. I was, I, that's amazing. <laughs> so they, they actually existed for 60 years as a Washington senator. Wow. I, I did Who not know that. Knew? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it, there's something funny about the Washington senators, right? Because like, like, aren't they, did they, did they also become the Texas Rangers somehow? Like, like how did, Oh, you're right. I think you're right. I think so you're maybe right. another so they, the, team came there and became them. The and senators. Then, and then they yeah. moved to Texas or I, there's yeah, something like the Houston with Oilers became the Texan Titans. You're right. Everyone keeps sharing. You're right. Yeah. Right. I thought, you know, when, speaking of which, I thought when they brought a team back to Houston, I thought they would go with the Oilers again. But, you know, Texas is as boring the... as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Um, it's Texas. I'm sorry. That's I would have gotten the 1961 one right just for the, do we get half a point? 
No, sadly. <sighs> That's okay. I think I'm still winning. Kenzie's doing our tally. We say it every game. <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm. Not today, not on your So birthday. Susan, you and I are a team, right? We're playing. We are. So now okay. we have the next one. So Coulter got a point. Oh, we didn't. got it, got it, got it. You're challenging them. Okay, next question. What was the name of the first Twins stadium? Uh, the Met, the Met, the Metropolitan Stadium. It's the one that they blew up, right? Um, no, yeah. that was basketball. No, that was the well, that was the Metrodome. But the first oh. one was called the Met. That, that's correct. <laughs> My dad went Matt. to the All Star game in '65 at the Met. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he totally actually went as a, as a saying that. I can no, totally see him saying that. No, in '65 is the the Met hosted the All Star game, and my dad went to the game. Now he didn't play. Oh, in the he game. didn't get out there and throw <laughs> no, the pitch. No, that's so funny. Good, good job. Okay, Culture, you look very serious. Next question here: Why did Kirby Puckett retire? Didn't he die? <sighs> no, Sorry. no. Why did he retire? Oh. oh. He was very heavy. He didn't I, like being a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that name because of their poor damn little, dog. We called Parker. our dog Ripkin after Cal Ripkin. Oh, so yeah, that's right. I know. I was um, like, um, I, I want to say for health reasons, but I, I thought it was too because he got sick. Yeah, I can't remember. You're on exactly. the right track. Cancer? I don't think it was cancer, um, but Diabetes. I could be wrong. Diabetes. Oh. That might be right. It, it could, it, it very, it very well could have been, but it was eye problems. He oh, couldn't that's see right. one eye. That's right. He couldn't see one eye. I, I think he developed uh, an issue where he couldn't see through one eye. I'd have to do more research on what happened, Dude, but then he later died in two thousand six. Yeah, that'd be I, very hard to play baseball. I feel like the eye, the the underlying issue was diabetes, but I could be wrong. Probably, yeah. So, do we get that or no? Half a point, health related. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty broad. Point. Okay, <laughs> I'll give it to something Coulter. in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't keep going on. Oh my god! Okay, Coulter, I'll give it to you. You got all right this, uh, because because I love Happy because wedding. I love baseball. We'll we'll do we'll do one more. Thank um, you. We'll we'll move it we'll move it up. Matt, to this more is for the tie. Times. This okay. is for the tie. Um. So in 2004, the Twins won their AL Central Division. Which pitcher won the most games for them in that season? Come on, Matt. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> no idea. Oh, I do have a potty mouth. Oh, that's right. Which this is much more recent. Yeah, I can. 2004. Is it? Was it Joe? Um, Joe Nathan? Uh, someone I can think of. Johan Santana. Oh, of course. Yes, of course. Well, um, eh, we did not get that. Who is that? I don't know. He, that he won the American League Cy Young Award in 2004. Um, I believe I forgot that. Jeez. Matt, yeah. I didn't just, come. I didn't come prepped. I'm so sorry. I didn't did study. Was he, was, he, he later, was he later traded, Matt? Was that right? He ended yeah. up with another team. Yep. Yeah. He was um, superb. Yeah. Okay. There's a f- side note. Have you seen the commercial that has. Um, Where did he go? The guy probably, probably, go to the Red Sox? probably the Yankees or the Red Sox, one of the two yeah. money teams. Yeah, I know. Did you see? Have you seen that new commercial that has like a, the quarterback for the Cardinals and Tebow, Kyler Murray? Yeah, where he's like sort of uh, he's answering the questions before they. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I would. Lo- I would love that. You know, yeah, your mom yeah, would make I'd that, love that. You know? Yeah, chicken and chicken and what? And she, he's looking at him, and it's supposed to be that they can anticipate everything before it happens because sure. they both have won the Heisman. 
And I wanted to be like, yeah, Tim Debo, uh, that really worked for you. It's working for Kyler Murray, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. God, he is a joy to watch. Yeah. He is. He's good. That was good. Although we didn't watch ASU this week. We watched we watched them last week. There's a lot of football on this week. Okay, well, that's okay, Matt. You were so fascinating, and it's fi- we've been on for two hours. I got to let Coulter go. I got to go take care of my daughter's birthday. This has that's been right. so much fun. Glad I know. to spend it with you, Mackenzie. Yeah, th- this was great. I learned so much. Um, I know. Because I'm so captivated. There's a lot of good – there's actually a lot of good quality stuff here. There is. Um, I told oh, you thanks. Matt was a good guy. He's so great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, there was levity. And he's got the levity. best laugh. Yeah. I know. Well, he laughs at everything I say, so I only I only I love pick Susan. friends. She's so funny. I only pick friends that like me. <laughs> Backstage Trouble Podcast is hosted by Susan Green and Coulter Fleming. Editing, producing, and managing by Mackenzie Green. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Visit our Facebook page and send us your travel stories at info at backstagetravelpodcast.com. Susan and her team at Susan's Travel Services have a passion for what they do and want to get you to your dream destination. They're so dedicated to giving you the experience of a lifetime that they'll help you at no cost. To learn more, find them online at susanstravelservices.com.